Hi everybody, this is Matt Kirby, and welcome to a brand new episode of Groupie and Harmony, the podcast all about music. Uh, today, there's a few topics that I want to discuss, um, and then I have an update related to the podcast that I'll get to in a second, but before we do, I have a Facebook page. It's called Groupie and Harmony. Make sure you give that a like, because I post whenever I have any updates about the podcast, such as one I had earlier today, whenever I have released a new episode, or whenever I have a new blog post out for my music blog, Feeling Groupie. Um, so I can't remember whether I released the which came first, the last episode podcast episode or the last blog post. So I'm just going to plug the, my most recent blog post anyways. Um, that one, it's the second entry in the fictional festival series. And that one is because I have one festival that I've been doing, which is like a more metalcore version of Warped War. And this one in particular... Um, it's co-headlined by A Day to Remember, Bring Me the Horizon, and Mastodon. And there's a bunch of other bands. There's even a reunion in that one. Um, so definitely check that one out. I have the acts that I, that I selected for this one, um, the timing that I would have everyone at, and like so, my thoughts behind the acts that I chose. So definitely be sure to check that one out. Um, for this blog, I'm also going to have a post that's coming up in the next couple days i'll have at least one by by tuesday and uh, that one will be a continuation of one that i discussed in the last episode which was a bunch of bands that just conf confused me i guess so definitely be on the lookout for that I'm, it's going to be released in two posts um with each one having 15 artists um and I'm I'm excited for that one. So uh, it's a good collection. So like, if you want to see in the first one, why I'm confused about artists such as Tool, Eminem, Grateful Dead, um, Sonic Youth, uh, Panic at the Disco, String Cheese Theory, or I'm sorry, String Cheese Incident rather. Um, I always call them String Cheese Theory. I think I get them mixed up with another group. Um, and several others. Um, then, and why I either confused about their popularity or am confused about certain aspects about their popularity. Um, be, for, be sure to check that one out. And then after that, I have another fun one, which is, uh, which we'll be discussing artists such as Deftones, Wilco, Radiohead, Tyler, the Creator, NWA, Weird Al, and several others. So be on the lookout for those ones. Those ones are coming out soon. I have another uh, blog as well, and I have a separate Facebook page for this one, and it's my basketball blog. It's called Is Baller Trademarked Yet? So I have a couple that I've released recently. Um, I had released one on Wednesday that was related to different t like different injuries related to certain players, and uh, in this one I also discussed the Dante Wright shooting, which I'm going to discuss a little bit as well in this episode because I haven't actually discussed it um in an episode yet um and then i also released another one related to lamarcus holdridge announcing his surprise retirement um and then uh who the nets might choose to replace him and then beyond that um related to the play-in tournament whether it's a good idea or not especially since there have been a lot of um, players and owners recently who have spoken out against it so be on the lookout for that one. I'm going to have at least one 
additional posts coming out this week, probably another one. One that I'm working on is because in theme of uh, the of um, there be uh, ES some ESPN writers doing one that's the top 25 players under 25. I'm going to be doing a similar one. I'm working on that now. And there's a couple other things that will be out soon. Um, so now that promo uh, self-promo stuff is over, uh, let's get into the big update that I discussed or that I had a post in or that I posted on in my Facebook page um, related to this podcast. And uh, that one is, so there's a change in um, the sites that I'm going to be using for dis distribution and posting. So um, in particular, Wooshka, which I have been using since the start of, and has has been great. Um, uh, with some changes that are going to be happening with the site and uh, some changes I'm looking into for going forward, um, I've decided that it's no longer the right fit for the uh, for this podcast. So I'm no longer going to be using Wooshka for uh, as a distribution platform. The other podcasts that I'm uh, are the other ones that I have been using, which are Anchor and Podcast.com. Those ones I will still be using um, for the time being. And I will be looking into other ones I'll be using. Um, so I know most people have been listening to it by those two anyways. But if you... if So basically, if you were either listening to it on Wooshka, um, on Deezer, or on... Or uh, um, if you're listening to these, those two, um, you won't be able to find it there anymore. You will have to find a news source um effective immediately because i um removed my account my uh those from there if you used spotify for it because i had two spotify it was on two spotify anchor did it automatically on one and uh Wooshka had also done it on one so if excuse me if you use spotify um just check to see that you are using the Spotify that Anchor used, uh, which there'll be a link. I include the links on there. Or if the one that, the one that say you had favorited is no longer there or isn't releasing new episodes, uh, then you can either find it by using that link to check, or you can also find it by in the search bar in Spotify. Um, so if you're using any other way of listening, so no, with Anchor in particular, it had done it so that it used, uh, I it had access to the other Spotify one, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, po uh, Podcast, Pocket Casts. I can never get that. <laughs> I always mispronounce that one. Uh, and Radio Public. So if you use any of those ones, then you're set. And again, if it's Spotify, if you use Spotify, just double check which Spotify one you're using. Um, most people that listen to the podcast this won't apply to you, anyways. Um, and then in the future, cause at some point this, at some point this year, I'm not sure when I'm, uh, I, cause I do want to have, cause I kind of liked how I did it like with previously with the unintended, uh, rebranding after, and then calling it season two, um, or not rebranding, but like revamping after a break. So I'm probably going to do that at some point, not in like, it will be in, it won't be 
for then a few months if I do it then. But when I do that, then I am going to also be looking into other ways I can expand it to other sites. Um, and I'm looking into several other ones. And at that point, I, I am hoping to get it back on Deezer at that point. So um, I appreciate the patience and support with this. Um, apologies for the inconvenience. If you were using a site that did stream on one of the aforementioned ones, that no longer is. But I am really excited for uh, this opportunity with expanding. And I will say, because I really did enjoy using uh, Wooshka. So thank you to Wooshka. Wooshka, they're awesome. I just figure with my podcast at this time, with the way going forward, it's not the right platform for me to continue. And in the meantime, Anchor and Podcast.com are better ones. So... Uh, I do want to get to a music news thing quickly. Um, so My Chemical Romance have annou- has announced that they are postponing their reunion tour until 2022. In particular, what that means with uh, for a couple festivals is that now um, My, Ke- My, Chemical- My Chemical Romance was going to be Headline um, was going to be headlining Riot Fest, for instance, and also um, Aftershock, uh, Denny Weimer Presents one, which I have talked about at length for both of those. Um, the those they're not going to be headlining those two anymore. So um, in particular, My Couple Formats will be one of the headliners for um for 2022's Riot Fest. But in the meantime, they don't have the replacement yet. Uh there will they're going to be adding in some uh some artists and in particular it sounded like they based on the way the the poster is, it looks like they're adding in two of them. And then for Aftershock, they haven't announced what it means yet for the future. Um, but I will say for anyone that might be worried, like, oh no, will they not be able to find anyone to play some? I wouldn't be worried. Um, cause in particular Riot Fest, uh, previously when, um, Blink-182 had to, uh, in 20, 2018, um, Blink-182 had to pull out, um, because, uh, uh, because, uh, drummer Travis Barker had to go to the hospital for blood clots. Um, they wound up replacing them uh, with. Uh, they wound up replacing them with Weezer and Run the Jewels, um, and then on. Uh, and then for uh, Dan Weimer presents when Metallica was originally going to have to uh, cancel for some uh, for some of the twenty. 20- uh, 2020 dates that were originally scheduled, um, in particular with, um, the, um, with their festival Sonic Temple. That was one of the dates that they had to do that. Um, they, uh, they wound up replacing Metallica headlining two nights with Red Hot Chili Peppers and Tool, which are both massive. So that I wouldn't be worried for either one. They'll probably both get a massive artist, who's able to, uh, who's able to be headlining. Um, but it is something that is 
I mean, it's news. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know what other, I don't know what other festivals they were set. MCR was set to headline this year, but expect to see other festivals um, jumping in for replacements. Which I mean, it's it's fair. I get, I get, I totally get why they're doing it, especially with uncertainties um, related to uh, related to COVID. I don't blame the one bit. I admittedly might even be doing the same or something similar. So, um, one, since this is the first episode since there were enough datas for me, de enough details for me feeling comfortable talking about it, I would like to discuss the Dante Wright shooting. So it happened last week. Um, it happened last Sunday, but, um, at the time of when I was recording the episode, it was, it was like only a few hours. I was recording it only a few hours after it had occurred, and I, I didn't know enough about it at that time, and and I uh, had released the episode the following day before I still knew felt like I knew enough details about it to discuss it at that time. Um, so apologies for waiting a week before doing it. I just didn't feel comfortable enough at that time with all the information and hadn't watched the video of what happened. Um, so I did. My initial reactions to the public were discussed in um, in the um, basketball blog um, titled "Who Has the Injury Bug" um, as a bonus section for that one. So, um, in particular, uh, what I had really focused on, and what I had focused on as I heard it, was the fact that they pulled um, was the fact that. Um, the officer who shot right, um, what's her first name? Kimberly Ann Porter, or Kimberly Ann Potter, rather, um, was shouting, taser, taser, and pulled the gun instead of the taser. And I think for me, what really bothered me in particular about that one was that the police department was, effect the police chief was effectively playing it off as effectively like, oh yeah, it's, ex it's excusable kind of thing. Which, that's, which, okay, sure, you made a mistake, but your mistake literally killed someone. And this, and this has happened before, but, but not with this, not with this person, but still. Um, one thing that I, one thing that I had heard, um, which I would recommend this one, um, Carl Douglas, uh, uh, civil rights attorney, um, legendary attorney, most probably most known for being on the defense team in the O.J. Simpson murder trial. Um, he was on an episode of the Dan Lepitard show with Stu Gotts recently and was discussing this. I would highly recommend checking that one out. He's, he's brilliant with this. Um, he had, um, he was discussing a lot of things with that one, and one thing that he had discussed was um, that effectively that that it made sense for it if it was a, a mistake like that. But the thing is, though, if you are, I mean, if you are grabbing the gun instead of the taser because they're in different places, which is something that I didn't know that they typically have universal placements for them. Um, 
which is why again he's the expert with this and I am not. Um, he said that even still with that, if you're reaching for your gun as a natural, natural tendency, then that is a sign of how the training is. And in particular, it wasn't like, it wasn't like this as someone who hadn't, it was like new to the police force or something like that and did a rookie mistake. She had been on since 1995 and she still did that. Um, and also I will say, um, I did feel like that with that. It did get, I don't know the exact details leading up to it, um, leading up to it prior to, the, I mean, I only saw like the video that I saw didn't have the entire footage leading up to it or anything like that. It just had the actual arrest. It really did seem overly escalated also, which again, it, I don't have the full context with that, so I don't necessarily want to absolutely say that it was overly um, but, but it did seem that like um, when she did she had come in in instantly while he was being handcuffed, it didn't look like that was necessary, but again, I I only saw a portion of the, I'm, I don't feel like I can make full judgment on that with that, but even still, I think that the fact that she's, they did that, and it, and it, um, and the, at first the police chief, uh, was somewhat writing it off, is really concerning, and on top of that, she was also training someone, so if that's the training that they're going through, then I really fear about how officers are being trained for the future. And I, and a lot of times with any sort of situation like that, you hear, you hear, you hear uh, stupid arguments against it when someone hears something that's not their argument. And most of the times in this case, it's like, um, for people who are favoring the police officer in that case, are like, or any sort of shooting, are like, oh, you're not a police officer, you wouldn't know. Well, I'm not a police officer, and the reason I'm not is because I know with my mental health, I would not be able to handle that. Um, so, but if you are a police officer, you do have to realize that you have to make stressful decisions like that. And the fact that you make something like that is absolutely ridiculous. Like, um, so, um, and I mean, I will say, because also with me mentioning that it did feel like it was escalated a little bit which I didn't discuss at the time because um, I think I had thought about it more since then um, that I didn't want to do too much uh, reactory things in that. Um, I, I am curious what would have happened if it was someone who was white in that case. So, um, and I mean, kicker out of it all is that it's like really close to, to um, where like miles away from the trial for uh, Derek Chauvin for uh, murdering George Floyd so um I mean rest in rest in peace but I mean that's that's just all I, I think that's just absolutely ridiculous to have that even happened um, but as such, I have, um, one that I had been looking to bring back one series, 
is the protest music series. Um, since one topic that I'm going to be discussing um, today, I think might take a little bit longer. I'm not going to get to it today, um, but I plan to bring it, unless something drastic happens, I plan to bring it back next week for the next, or whenever the next episode is probably next week. Um, and I'm, because I had been looking to bring it back, or just I was always talking about a lot of things that didn't feel, and didn't feel like I could fit it anywhere. So be on the lookout for that one to come back soon. I'm really looking forward to the song. I love the song that I'm going to be discussing next week. Um, incredible song. So I just think that it would make this episode too long if I talked about it. So be, be on the lookout for that one. Um, the last thing that I want to discuss um, is I... I decided to, and um, because while they, I don't believe that there's been an announcement for when the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is going to announce their inductees for this year, or I haven't found anything with how many will be inducted this year. I have decided, but it will be sometime in May they'll announce the inductees. Um, so I have decided that I'm going to uh, give um, to say my predictions for who I think will get in. And I'll be honest, this year, because I had said, like, I had spoken highly of this year's class, this year's nominees. Um, I love the nominees. <laughs> um, and I mean, I'm, it's probably good that I don't have a vote because I'm looking through. I'm like, I don't know who I'd select. There's like 10 that I'm like, I want to vote for them this year. Um, so um, I'm going to do, say, who I would do, who I would um nominate, who I would choose and then also who I think will get be chosen and for the my prediction since I don't know how many they will choose I have my ones for in order for most likely um so um the nominees I'll just quickly go like just say who they are um in alphabetical order uh nominees are Mary J Blige, Kate Bush, Devo, Foo Fighters, The Go-Go's, Iron Maiden, Jay-Z, Shaka Khan, Carol King, uh Cootie, Hello Cool J, New York Dolls, Rage Against the Machine, Todd Rundgren, Tina Turner, and Diane Warwick. And I will say, that one, it's, there's a lot that I would say, yes, definitively, yes. Um, and, I mean, there's, in my opinion, there's 15 that you can, I feel like you can make a case for. Um, I'll get to the one in a second who I'm not as open ears about. Um, but... First off, for who I would choose. And the way that it works out is that you have, uh, for the voters, you have five selections. Um, so, five that I would choose. The first one is Iron Maiden. Um, I, they're one of the three best metal bands of all time. Um, Black Sabbath and uh, Metallica are the other two. They're both in. They're incredibly influential for a lot of different genres, uh, for a lot of different genres and subgenres of metal. Um, important in music, I think that that's, a, that's the biggest no-brainer of the class. Um, next one I would select is Tina Turner. Um, so I have long said that I thought that Tina Turner should get in for her solo career. Because um, I think that she was one of the... Because you know there were several artists who had crossover with like R&B and pop. I think that she was one of the massive names who did like a more... Uh, did like R&B and pop slash rock. So... I think that just because her 
um, massive presence in the music industry. And she's just an icon. I know she's already in for um, for being a member of Ike Tina Turner. But I think that for her solo career, she uh, she was still able to keep it up. So I think absolutely she should be in. Um, next one is Jay-Z. Um, that one, I think, because I think that... For me, I think that it's... um he. He had several massive releases, really influential in Ma and like in particular two thousand for two thousands hip hop was really influential in that regard. Um like sorry and then um in the nineties and then his influence in the nineties and then two thousands. I think that he really influenced a lot of a lot of rap music in the two thousands. Um how that the direction that took. So that's why I would choose him. Um New in the fourth I have New York Dolls. Um, this one was really tough between a bunch of them at this point. Um, I, um, I think that for the, for the New York Dolls, they were really influential in punk music and, uh, hard rock music and glam rock music. Um, I think that just because of their influence, and I'll be honest, for me, if there's ever a tie, the tiebreaker for me is always the influence. So, that's why I have them number four, because I think they were so influential. And then... Philicudi is number five, and partially is because I think this year is the perfect year for him. Um, I was surprised that he got nominated, but so deserved it. He pioneer for Afrobeat music, um, incredibly talented musician, um, really just a massive name in uh, music and politics, um, and really influential in a lot of different genres. And, um, and really was, uh, um, there was always just this massive respect for him from so many different musicians in so many different genres. So I think that's a big part of why I, uh, why I do, why I did want to include that. Um, and also, I mean, he, um, there, I mean, he was an African musician who, wound up being massive worldwide which isn't as which isn't particularly common so that so I think that definitely helps out his cause also um and then there's five others that are really paying me to leave off um and I discussed this last time how I I think the last time that it really what is a tough one for me to for me to decide and there's I'm really I mean I think 15 have a case for it in my opinion um but sixth I have Rage Against the Machine um befitting to include them this year too I just think that um that um New York Dolls and Philip Rudy they're in those for those two of those their influence was higher than Rage Against the Machine's influence um seventh L Cool J if he was the only rapper I would include him instead of Jay-Z um, even still, it's even tempting to include both of them instead. Um, eighth, I have Kate Bush. Oh, it's painful to leave her off, but, um, she, she really is, I think that because of her influence, she was immensely successful in the UK, and, well, she had some success in the US as well, but the influence that she had on a lot of pop, modern pop musicians is a big part of why I why I did that because of just how much 
influence she has on several uh, on several music musicians who are like do want to try out like different things with crossing genres in their music, especially with pop artists, which many years was not necessarily as common, but in recent years you do have a lot of pop artists, a lot more pop artists who are willing to try that out. Ninth of Mary J. Blige. Um, I mean, I feel like in any other year I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, inductor, inductor. Um, this year is the, this year feels like the rarity. <laughs> um, yeah, she, it, um, she was really influential in hip hop soul music, which was in particular, um, often nicknamed the queen of hip-hop soul, um, which was massive in the 90s. So, um, and then also influenced neo-soul. So, I mean, basically, name a 90s, name a 90s R&B artist, and um, there's a good chance that they tried to incorporate this in, in there. And I think Mary J. Blige was, the, frankly, the artist that I think of when I think of hip-hop soul. Um, really influential in it in that regard. Um, and a big part of that was because, um, in addition to like the, in addition to like, uh, the, the, the style, she also had, um, she also frequently collaborated with several hip hop artists. So she also had a lot of, uh, commercial success. Um, next one is a surprise one. That's the Go-Go's. So I think that for me, a big thing is that with them, they're, uh, they're an all-female pop rock band, which wasn't particularly common. They, and I mean, they ended up being like, uh, they're, 1981 album, Beauty and the Beat in particular, is frankly an absolute cornerstone in New Wave, and especially for American New Wave artists, um, probably one of the one of the go-to ones with that. Um, they really are a really amazing band, and I think that they are underrated in terms of their influence. Um, so those are 10 that I'm like, it pains me to leave any of those 10 off. After that, Foo Fighters are my 11th one. I mean, because it's a really is a case they had a, such a successful career so far, but and they're like one of the biggest rock bands in the world. The thing is, though, I don't feel like they're that particularly influential in music. Um, it's a really weird case. Um, Twelve, I have Carol King. No, I. The thing is, though, with her, she's already been inducted as a songwriter, and for me, I kind of group her in the category kind of similar to like. Leonard Cohen and um, Laura Nyro, where I thought that, I didn't think that necessarily, I thought that they would have been better suited as being inducted as non-performers instead because they were incredible songwriters and didn't have a ton of popularity in terms of their, uh, in terms of their, their actual recordings. Well, they both got in as performers and then Carol King got in as a songwriter first. So that's why I don't know what to make of this because, well, yeah, she had a, she had commercial success, a lot of commercial success. I, I think of her as a songwriter prior to a, a musician, even though she did record Tapestry, which is like one of the best albums of all time. So I'm really not sure what to make of her here. So that's why I have her solo. Um, 
Shaka Khan, I have her third chance. She's an amazing singer. Um, I just, I just don't think she's as, necessarily as influential as several of the other artists ahead of her. Um, and know that this is their annual, uh, let's try to get Shaka Khan into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame somehow or another. Um, and I mean, almost every year I predict that they wind up, <laughs> that they wind up inducting her just because of it, but, um, didn't wind up, but I don't, still, I have her 13th. I think that, yeah, she's an excellent singer, but I just think like, for instance, there are other singers that I would put ahead of her, obviously. 14th, I have Diane Warwick. Um, I think that, um, she's an excellent singer. Yeah, I just don't, I think that all the artists above her are, are much more, much more influential, and she didn't have as much commercial success as a lot of them. Um, 15th, I have Devo. Um, there's a case to be made for them. Um, I'm, I think one that thing though with them is that, so they did have success in, um, like post-punk, new wave, um, they, they didn't have a ton, a ton of commercial success, um, really like outside of Whip It, which even there, for a song that has kind of aged like it did and people like feel like that it's like a, it charted really high, it only charted at 14, um, and I mean they did have, uh, are, are we, are we not men, uh, we are Devo, which was, uh, which was a massive, uh, which is like one of the best albums, I would argue is, uh, arguably one of the best albums of all time. Um, they, but I think that for me, I think one thing that my dad always says is, um, with, cause I know with, in particular with baseball, cause, um, you know, I'm always look at, I pay attention to the rock, um, the baseball hall of fame and really there with the baseball hall of fame, there's often there's three cases of people getting it. The people that are like no brainers are the people that typically have had, um, have had a, like, had a, like, amazing, long careers and were actually elite players. Those get in easily. Then the two that come up to debate are the ones that had very good careers for a long time or sh elite careers that are shorter. And often the ones that had long careers that were very good, my dad often will call them the Hall of Good. Instead, so they should have been the Hall of Good instead of the Hall of Fame. And that's how I feel like about Diva. Um, I don't know that, especially with, I mean, in their there are certain classes that I'm like, yes, by sure, sure, but I feel like with them, it's really only like, I didn't feel like they had enough that was influential in that regard. And I mean, I mean, sure, like you could make the case because there were like, New York Dolls didn't have a ton of releases, but even still, I feel like that, um, Devo didn't have the same kind of influence. Um, and then last, I have Todd Rundgren. I know that I've literally read that there are some people that think that he, sh that he, sh that's like a no-brainer for him. That he should have gotten in by now. I don't think he should. He should have even been nominated ever. Um, because I mean, really, in my opinion, really, it's like you have, um, like sure, you have the album, uh, something anything, which is, which legendary album, really influential, um. 
but he, I really don't think that outside of that album, he really had enough music that makes me feel comfortable saying that he, for his solo career that he should be a Hall of Famer. Um, I don't have any, I don't feel like I don't have any other cases to saying, arguing that. So, and we're going to go on to who I predict would be in. And um, before we go into that, though, um, there's a couple interesting things with this one. So, um, they, the, there is the official fan vote that's, uh, that they have. Um, and um, often the top five of the fan vote wind up getting in. Um, last year was an exception, but prior to last year, um, if um, this page is, of course, this page craps out as I'm about to say it, but um, prior to last year, um, it was artists who finished in the top five for the fan ballot, 61% of those artists ended up getting in prior to last year. Now, last year was a little bit different because um, the top five um, wound up being Dave Matthews Band, Pat Benatar, the Doobie Brothers, Soundgarden, and Judas Priest, and the only one that got in out of those was the Doobie Brothers. So, that one was weird. Um, and then, another one was that, um, so one site that I like, Future Rock Legends, um, what they... Well, they'll, they also have, uh, um, they also did one, um, and those ones are a little bit less accurate. Um, I think it's, uh, but yeah, anyways, um, so like last year, for instance, in that fan ballot, though, it fared better. Because they had um, the top, um, the top five for that one were Pat Benatar, the Doobie Brothers, Whitney Houston, Judas Priest, and Nine Inch Nails, which, excuse me, which had three out of the five there, and ultimately the other three for that one finished. Uh, um, did fit. they had six ultimately? Um, so let's finish the other six. The other three rather finished lower, um, and that one I think. Often I tend to like that one because with the Rock and Roll of Fame voting, it is typically is like a fan. It's more fan based when this one is when Future Rock Legends is more just music history based. Um, so they also had a poll for this year, and uh, for their one, their current top five. Are Tina Turner in first, Carol King in second, The Go Go's in third, Iron Maiden in fourth, and Foo Fighters in fifth. And then after that, they had Kate Bush, then Diane Warwick, um, Rage Against the Machine, Jay Z, Todd Rundgren, Shaka Khan, LL Cool J, Devo, New York Dolls, uh, Phila Cootie, and Mary J. Blige. Um, when rather for the for the Rock Hall site, their top five are were. Um, was uh, had Tina, Tina Turner, Phila Cootie, so vast difference between those two, between them, have the results for those ones. Um, the Go Go's, Iron Maiden, and Foo Fighters. 
So one thing with that one is that they had four that wound up being in both. The only difference is that the Brock Hall had um, has Carol King in sixth, whereas uh, the Future Rock Legends poll has, um, and neither of these are closed yet, but Future Rock Legends poll has um, the has um, Carol King in second, and uh, they had Taylor Cruni in second in the Rock Hall, and um, and then Fila Cootie in 15th in the Future Rock Legends one. Which, but I mean, <laughs> like 1, 3, 4, and 5 exactly match, which is really strange. Um, and then after that, though, for the Rock Hall, as I mentioned, Cal King was 6th, Todd Rundgren is 7th, um, Devo is 8th, Dion Warwick is 9th, Shaka Khan is 10th, Rage Against the Machine is 11th, Kate Bush is 12th, New York Dolls 13th, Mary J. Blige 14th, Ella Cool J 15th, Jay Z is 16th. Now, that's not surprising to see that, because usually the. Usually rap and hip-hop artists do really poorly in the fan vote. And the reason for that is because there's enough people who are still saying, why are these artists in, uh, being nominated for the rock call? It's rock music, not rap music, not R&B music, which I'm sitting there like, seriously, the president has, a president has been set for this. And there's no point in you complaining now. You're, you complaining basically just means... Brinkley just gives it more attention. Um, so, um, with that, um, I did utilize the voting results, because usually if an artist finished top and the top five in both of those, they had a much higher chance of getting in. Which is really interesting. Um, and, like, uh, over 70... over 75%. And then also, in particular, the last four years... All of the artists did. This year is a little bit weird, though, because, as I mentioned, the top four that would be getting in would mean that you'd have Tina Turner, the Go-Go's, Iron Maiden, and Foo Fighters all getting in. That said, let's go to my predictions. Um, I think the most likely one, so the way I did it, because I don't know how many they're going to induct, it, last year I predicted that they would induct six. This year, I have no idea. It wouldn't surprise me if they do even seven. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they do six. Um, I don't know how they're going to do it this year. Um, but that said, um, the number one, most likely, is Iron Maiden. And I think really, there are some people that are like, well, Iron Maiden, well, they are like, well, you know, they already had, hard, uh, they've inducted a bunch of hard rock metal artists recently. And Iron Maiden has come after them. And the other counterpoint is that they didn't have as much commercial success as the other metal bands who are in, in Metallica and Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath, I think it is overblown how the commercial success they did have. Um, and then for uh, Metallica, they had crossover success because in, the, in large part in the 90s, they became a hard rock band. So... With, um, but I mean, with Iron Maiden, I mean, the counter argument to the fact that there were already many hard rock in the 70s and hard rock metal acts that have gotten in the last few years, my counterpoint to that is no, there are many hard rock acts that have gotten in. Like, some people have said, oh, like Deep Purple, for instance, they rated that wrong. Well, Deep Purple is not a metal band, they're a hard rock band. Um, maybe they have some releases that are on the verge of metal, but I do not consider them metal music. Um, and metal and hard rock are different genres. So, 
I really think that it is for the most part. And once you get past the fact that like they won't get you, you be on every ballot, that's not how it works. But I think once you get past the fact that hey, they're they are more commercially successful than you think, and also the past few years you have seen acts who have had commercial more commercial success in the UK, for instance, that have gotten in, like T Rex got in last year. They're a one hit wonder in the US. Over a ten year span, they had hits every year for the, um in the UK. They were massive in the UK. So I so I think that one you can write that you can write that point against them off. Um I expect them to get in. Um Tina Turner I expect to get in. Um typically the artist who comes in first in the fan vote winds up being nominated and or not nominated, winds up getting in. Last year was an exception, which isn't surprising because I didn't know how they would handle Dave Matthews band. Um, the way they handled it is not nominating them this year. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I expect Tina Turner will get in. It makes too much sense. There have been many cries for them to get in. Or, to, or for many cries for her to get in. After that, it's really tough to decide. Um, I think that Jay-Z will come in third. Even though the, the, this one is not a shoot. I, mean, I think Jay-Z's third most likely, and that's because the reason it's not shooting is because LL Cool J is also there. And the last few years, for instance, you had like Tupac and Notorious Big who have gotten in. Well, those ones were much closer to shoo-ins than Jay-Z is. So, that said, I still think that a big part of that is that even if, like, if they're close to winning, because they're not public about how the voting results come in unless... Uh, they're forced to be, which I doubt they will be, because I think there will be enough people that won't dispute Jay-Z getting in in his first year of eligibility. I think that, um, that eventually it comes down to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a for-profit organization. Jay-Z will draw in a lot of people for bringing a lot of money, and I mean, let's face it, I know Phil Cootie, for instance, came in second in the Rock Hall voting. Who's gonna bring in more? Who's gonna bring in more money with people really excited for this one? Jay-Z or Phil Cootie? And if you say, well, Phil Cootie, you know, it's perfect because of the being a musician from Africa in particular, um, and given this year, it makes so much sense. Jay-Z is black, also, so it. Uh, so I think that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will just see that and say. Well, is a black artist anyways. Um, and fourth, I have the Go-Go's. I did not predict them finishing this high or when they first announced the ballot, but seeing the success for the fan vote? I, yeah, I think that they have... I was shocked by that. I think that they'll get in. Um, I'm not sold. I'm not totally sold that they will, but I think they will. Um, in fifth, I have Foo Fighters. Um, and really, the thing is with the Foo Fighters, let's face it, yeah, they're one of the biggest bands ever really they didn't I mean not one of the biggest bands ever, the one of the biggest bands of rock right now. Their influence is I mean they weren't aren't particularly influential. But the thing is with them though you'd be it'd be tough to find someone who hates the Foo Fighters. A lot easier to find someone who's like, yeah I like Foo Fighters. They Diff Girl's awesome. Um for instance or like some of the other musicians are awesome in it, but then you would be like, oh, I hate them. So I think that likability will help them. And they're just so well-liked in the industry. And then in sixth, I have Carol King. She got in as a songwriter. 
she seems to be liked in the industry, so that's why I think I have her sixth. If there are six artists that get in, it wouldn't surprise me if she gets in. Seventh, I have Todd Rundgren. Um, they keep he does well in the fairly well in the fan vote, surprisingly enough. Um, because there's and there are a bunch of people who say that he should have gotten in by now. I'm not one of those people, as you could probably guess. Um, and usually there's at least one artist that is questionable at best who gets in, or like it's surprising that gets in. Like last year, I was kind of surprised that the Doobie Brothers got in, even if they finished in the top five. Um, and then this year, the Go Go's might be that, but I mean, I'm actually predicting them. Todd Rundgren could end up be, actually being that artist. Um, Phil Cootie's, since they'll probably look at the Rock Hall ballot and see that he's do, doing so well and put him in. Um, with, um, with Shaka Khan, I have ninth. Um, every year I always think this is the year they're going to force Shaka Khan in. And every year they don't. So, I'm not putting money on that this year. I think that they'll, con she'll just continue to that she could, there's a chance that she could get in. But I think that with the presence of Tina Turner, they might say, eh, we don't, we kind of want one black lead singer. As bad as that sounds. And um, 10th, I have New York Dolls. I don't think there's enough people who share the... I don't think there'll be enough voters who share the mindset of me, that just how influential they are. Um, I, th I think that they had, they had really like limited commercial success. And I think that any voter who isn't like worried about like... Who especially is not, doesn't really care about hard rock, glam rock punk music, any of those genres, even, I mean, and I mean, they're, they were influential alternative also, but I don't, but a lot of people don't usually group them hand in hand with that. I think there'll be enough people that just see, that are outside of those ones or don't really care about those ones that don't vote for them. Um, love and Most Average Against the Machine. Um, the reason for that one is just because for a band that's so, that's so massive, there are a lot of people that really hate them also. And they're really polarizing for a band that's that big. I know still overall, for the most part, they are beloved. But this one kind of reminds me of, like, Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's another one that massive band, iconic band, a lot of people really hate them. So, I, I, it took several years for Red Hot Chili Peppers to get it. Anyone surprised me the same kind of thing with Rage Against the Machine. This is their third nomination, but I just think that it, with this class, they, there will be enough people that vote for them. Twelfth most, I have Devo. Um, I just don't think they're an iconic enough name. Thirteenth most, I have LL Cool J. Um, the fact that Jay-Z is also on the ballot is working against him. I don't think he would get in if you replace Jay-Z with some other non-hip-hop artist. But even still, I think that having Jay-Z on there hurts his cause. Fourteenth, um, I have Mary J. Blige. Um, I think... I think that because there hasn't been any 90s R&B artists who've gotten in. So, I think that, I think there might be enough people who are like, well, is she really rock? When the answer is, if they nominated them, then yeah, you can assume that they're considered rock. But, beside the point, 15th most, I have Kate Bush, most likely I have Kate Bush. Um, as much as I love her, I just, and respect her. It's not even like I'm a big fan of her music either. I don't listen to her that much. I just have so much respect for her and think that she's just a legendary music, uh, legendary and influential musician. I and songwriter as well. Um, I don't think that there are enough people that feel anywhere near the same way in that regard. 
and especially with this with these nominees i think that puts her at a disadvantage there 16th i have diane warwick um i have her least likely because again there's enough people that i think wouldn't just necessarily associate her with uh with rock music and well previously i think the predecessor for this one would have likely been um nina simone who i seemed like did every which seemed like was typically in any genre other than rock music a lot of times but i think i mean well admittedly i would consider more done more, more rock than um uh, than simone and but the thing is though simone she got in but she had a lot more popular success and a lot larger influence than Warwick did. So that's why I think that that one is tougher to justify. And again, sadly, hate to say it this way, but there'll be enough people who will say, well, we have Tina Turner, who's one uh, black female music, uh, singer in, so why should we have another one? Um, so that's my predictions there. Um, and one thing that I forgot to mention also, um, so I had Foo Fighters kind of lower than I imagine a lot of people do, especially a lot, a lot lower than the fan vote. Um, one thing I meant to mention with them is that, um, typically the way that I think of it is that, because ideally I would like to think of it as you would, you would say like, should this artist get in yet? And this is the case with the Foo Fighters. I don't, I don't think they're like one who should be in, in their first year. Um, of course that depends on the class, but you, a lot of people will say, well, how influential were they in their genre? But for me, I always say... Instead, I don't think that's necessarily fair because I know last year when Dave Matthews Band were inducted, I thought that, like, for instance, for modern jam music, I thought Fish should have been nominated and gotten in before Dave Matthews should, but I don't think that's fair to hold them accountable for that because Dave Matthews Band had more commercial success, so um, it would make sense for uh, for them to get nominated before Fish would. Instead, I do it as for the class of artists who are not eligible for the first time, and in particular with this one for Foo Fighters. And like with Dave Matthews Band last year, for instance, I thought Oasis and possibly Weezer should have gotten nominated before them. Probably others too. But with this class, the one that I think should have been gotten nominated be before uh, before Foo Fighters was Wilco. They wouldn't have. No way. In, no chance. But I think that um, Wilco, I think, was more influential, especially in alternative music, um, alternative country. Um, and like experiment, experimental music, um, even jam music, um, they're often called like the, I've heard it described as their America's answer to Radiohead. So I really think that they, they're a more influential act than Foo Fighters. So that's what I look at for, in terms of, uh, in terms of for the first year, I look at influence instead of commercial success a lot of times. And Wilco did have commercial success too. Um, not as much as the Foo Fighters, obviously, but still, I would have put them in over. That's why a part of the reason why I don't have, why I couldn't justify having Foo Fighters higher. Um, but yeah, so those are my predictions. Um, I and I give myself the right to adjust these predictions leading up to the, um, to the announcement of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, but I wanted to get these in now in case I don't get to them closer to it. Um, so my prediction ultimately, if there's five, Iron Maiden, Tina Turner, Jay-Z, Go-Go's, and Foo Fighters, and then if there's more, uh, my top eight, cause they won't go, I'm sure they wouldn't go more than eight, you'd add in what have been, uh, Carol King, Todd Rundgren, and Phil Hootie. I'm probably not gonna get 100% right, last year I got three right, 
Um, there have been times I didn't even get that many right. It really depends. So this is weird also with the with the fan vote being this combination. That's and also with the two votes I looked at, it was like, ooh, this is a strange combo. And all I haven't seen a case where all I don't think there's been a case where all all of them have had that. So we'll have to see. But anyways, that's the episode for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this one. Um, in the next episode, I'm going to bring back the pro protest music series. I'm really looking forward to that one because I love doing that series. I find it really, in I feel it really, in find it really informative for me in particular. And I really do enjoy looking at his, um, because I love history. I love looking at the history told through music also. So this one is, the song I'm going to be discussing next week is the epitome of like the history in particular pop culture at that time period through music and I think it's brilliant um so make sure you like groupie and harmony uh, Facebook page make sure you check out um feeling groupie the blog you can find that link on the Facebook page or you can find um it on uh excuse me you can find it on blogger.com also make sure you check out is Bollywood trademarked yet make sure you check out the Facebook page and the blog itself also, which is on blogger.com as well. So thank you again. I hope you enjoyed this one and keep an eye out for a couple blog posts soon and I'll talk to you soon enough. Bye.